Welcome, everyone. We have a very special episode of the Soul Savvy Podcast today. We have a few guests from the Dornbecker Freestyle Initiative that's happening next week, uh, something that we've partnered with, and um, we're excited to talk about the story, the journey, and kind of what's happening this upcoming Thursday. But first, I wanted to have Cassidy and Dr. Brainer introduce themselves. Uh, Cassidy, could you go first? Yes, hello. I am Cassidy Navarez, Director of Development for Community Programs at the OHSU Foundation. And I'm Dr. Dana Brainer. I'm the physician-in-chief at the Dornbecker Children's Hospital and the chair of the Department of Pediatrics. Awesome. I'm stoked to have you guys here. For a little little context for, for everyone listening, um, we sponsored this year's initiative, and we're going to get to kind of what's going on and why it's happening this specific way. But I wanted to just start off with the the high level history of the program how it got to this place how did how did you partner with Nike and and where did this really come about I'm happy to talk through that and Dr. Brainer uh, please feel free to interrupt <laughs> as you see fit because you have been around longer than I have so in 2003 we were thinking of a, a new and creative way to raise money for Dornbecker and we're very fortunate to have current creative director at Nike, Michael Doherty, on our board. And he was tasked with finding a a new opportunity to fundraise for Dornbecker. So he put his thinking cap on and actually um, was chatting with his family at the dinner table. And his son, Connor Doherty, asked him, well, hey, dad, you work for Nike. Can't you do something there? And so together, they came up with the idea to have Dornbecker patients design Nike tennis shoes. Sorry. Design Nike sneakers. <laughs> yes, to, sneakers. Um, <laughs> yes, to sell and come back to benefit OHSU Dornbecker Children's Hospital. And that's how this program came to be 17 years ago. Wow, that's that's awesome, now. Dr. Brenner. Any any context you wanna you wanna add to that? Yeah, I think it's important. Uh, children's hospitals. Uh, do a number of different things. Uh, Obviously, we take care of sick children. That's sort of our core function. Uh, But we do three other things that are incredibly important. I like to think of it uh, a little bit like a superpower, if you will. And superheroes do one thing. They kind of protect the future. And and that's the function of the children's hospital. And so we protect the future by taking care of kids in the here and now. So uh, critically ill and ill children. But we do three other things. And the first thing we do is research. Mm -hmm. And so if you ask any family, would you like us to cure this disease or would you like your child to have never had this disease? The answer is always going to be, you know, we'd like to forego this completely. Mm -hmm. And that's what research is all about, making sure that the scourges of today aren't really present in our future. And at Dornbecker, we have 75 full-time researchers and about 125 wow. uh, what we call clinician researchers, all of them working to, to basically eliminate childhood disease in the future. Well, it makes sense that if you're taking care of kids in the here and now and you're researching cures for the future, that someone's got to provide those cures. Mm-hmm. And so the other thing we do is educate. And so we educate uh, the pediatricians and the pediatric practitioners of the future We have medical students, we have what we call residents, which are doctors who are learning how to be pediatricians, and we have fellows who are pediatricians who are learning how to be specialists, and the whole gamut. And so education is a huge uh, function of what we do. And then the last thing we do is is perhaps the most important, and 
you know, uh, kids don't vote. And as such, they don't have as much of a voice in our society as I think they should. Mm -hmm. And so we are advocates for children in every way. And if you just think in the last few decades, when I was a kid, my family had a Volkswagen Beetle and uh, we had three children. So it was two kids in the back and one kid back in that luggage compartment. And that kid in the luggage compartment was typically me. And yeah. probably till I was six years old, I was vaguely rectangular shaped. <laughs> you know, today we would never allow that. We make sure every child has a seat and a seat belt. Mm-hmm. Uh, we send kids out on bicycles with helmets because trauma is one of the leading causes of, of injury and death in children. And, and all of these things came about because people advocated for children. And, and that's what we do at the Children's Hospital. Now, my point here, which I'm taking a while to get to, is that research, education, and advocacy aren't really funded. Mm-hmm. And so to engage in those activities, we typically rely strongly on outside funding. Right. And so when we think of freestyle, we think of the empowerment that it's provided to children, but we also think about the amazing amounts of funding that it's uh, given to the hospital to allow us to pursue those incredibly important aspects. Yeah, no, that's that's amazing. I, I love the way you broke it down. Don't feel bad about giving us the inside. That's what we're we're here for. Um, Cassidy, what what has been the the kind of total funding or the money that's come back to the program over, over those 17 years? Yeah, the Dornbecker Freestyle Program has raised just over $27 million wow. for OHSU Dornbecker. Nice. That's awesome. So you know, I know um Dr. Brenner, you kind of alluded to there, but where have you guys seen the most help or support through the program, how it's impacted either the kids or the hospital, where have you seen that uh, the most impact? Well, if you've ever been to a freestyle event, then you know that the largest impact is on the particular children who are in that event. Mm -hmm. We believe strongly that every child is a superstar. Freestyle allows six kids a year to basically fly their superstar flags. Mm -hmm. And these kids, their designs are, are crazy. I find that I own now 72 pairs of Nike sneakers or footwear. I think uh, Cassidy is the preferred term now. <laughs> anyway, the designs are amazing, but the kids are treated as, as superstars and heroes, and, and they are. Mm-hmm. And obviously, these six kids are a proxy for the tens of thousands of children that pass through our doors at the Children's Hospital every year. Yep. Uh, and every kid is a superstar. And so the largest effect is clearly on the individual kids. And if you get a chance to go, it's phenomenal. People get these kids' autographs. My kids get these kids' autographs, <laughs> and they're just treated like rock stars. But the ongoing effect uh, for the hospital is really unbelievably large. There's probably no area of the hospital that Freestyle doesn't touch. Right. Freestyle brings in a, a type of funding, what we call area of greatest need. And mm. so uh, on any given day, um, that can be just as different as making sure that a family gets to be with their child when they're critically ill. So perhaps helping with airfare and and logistics for that all the way to taking care of of critically ill children. I can, we have a therapy in the ICU. I'm an intensive care physician myself, and we have a therapy in the ICU that you've probably heard about with COVID called ECMO. And it's basically a a heart lung machine. It, It takes over for those two large organ systems. And it requires about 14 people wow. to manage. And often our kids are, you know, six or seven kilograms, uh, maybe, you know, 10 or 15 pounds. So mm-hmm. you've got one person per pound. 
And obviously that therapy is unbelievably complicated, complex, but also expensive. And so uh, funding can support that. At Dornbecker, we never turn away a patient, period. And every patient gets our full array of, of therapy, whatever they need. And so uh, this funding is absolutely key for all of those things. Yeah, yeah. You know, I, I don't know how many sneakerheads think about um, the Dornbecker initiative that way. And I'm really glad we're having this conversation because it, it paints a very clear picture of like, yes, the shoes are cool. They're very interesting. They sell out. Everyone wants them, but there's a much bigger story behind it. And I don't want anyone to ever lose sight of that along the way when they see the photos in the media, like there is an actual impact for every pair sold. And uh, I'm, again, I'm just super happy to be um, working on this with you guys. I am obligated to ask though, you have every single pair that's ever released in the collection? I do not have every single pair that's ever released. Okay. I have a, a several multiples. Uh-huh. I have my own particular favorites. Okay. My children uh, often will get the same shoes, which I think makes me very lucky. Mm. But uh, yeah, we have, uh, we're in the seventies now. And um, I think my wife is getting suspicious. <laughs> yeah. Tell her I have 400 pairs at home and she'll leave you alone very quickly. That'll uh-huh. make her feel better. <laughs> So how does the actual process work? Obviously, this is this is year 17 now, or is this year 18 for you guys? This is the 17th year of the, the program. We got a, a little um, extra time in there due to COVID. So uh, technically 17 years right. is, is 2020. Right. So we're, we're still dubbing this freestyle 17. Cool. cool. So normally, obviously, COVID is, has impacted what a normal program would look like with the kids participating, but what would it have looked like in 2019? I'd love to hear some kind of behind the scenes of that process and how it all comes to life. So, you know, it, it typically begins with a letter from Cassidy <laughs> to all of our physicians, nurses, and uh, allied health personnel. And basically the, the letter outlines the program and asks for people to be nominated. And then so uh, numbers of us sort of get together and think about the children that we've taken care of over the year. And we come up with Cassie, correct me if I'm wrong here, but usually 10 or 15 nominations. I'd say upwards of, of 20 to 25 each year. Cool. Okay, great. Um, more than I thought. And then we send those nominations uh, to the foundation and then I'll give it to you, Cass. Great. So first of all, I have to say that this, um, this really begins, the process begins with our Dornbecker care providers. Um, and we're so grateful mm-hmm. for them and the work that they do to identify the kids that get to participate in this program every year. Once the nominations come back to the foundation, uh, we take a deep dive in and we take a look at all of the kids, their um, gender, their health story, where they're located, their you know diversity background. And we really want to make sure that we're representing as best we can all of the kids that are seen at Dornbecker. Mm-hmm. You know, we have over 70,000 unique visits each year. And they come from all over the region. And it's really important to us that because we can only feature six kids each year, those kids really represent mm-hmm. all of the kids that are seen at OHSU Dornbecker. So we narrow it down as best we can. It's probably one of the, the hardest yeah. parts of my job, Challenging. to be honest with you. <laughs> And we, we take a look at all of the details and we identify about 10 to 12 kids that we really start to hone in on. And we reach back out to their 
nominator, their care provider, and we find a little bit more out about them. And then we make some tough decisions and we go back to Dr. Brainer and the administrative team at Dornbecker. We talk to our communications team. We talk to Nike. And together, it's a collective process. We uh, narrow down that list to six kids who, who kind of check all the boxes um, for us, if you will. Right. Um, once that happens, um, that, that process usually takes a couple of months. Um, we get nominations back um, in the fall. And uh, typically, I get to make some phone calls in January um, to our families and let them know that that they've been selected for the program. Mm-hmm. And then has that happened for this coming year? Yes. Are you guys back on track? We, we are back on track. So awesome. um, we had actually chosen the Freestyle 17 kids in January of 2020. Right. So we were ready to roll mm-hmm, mm-hmm, in March mm-hmm. and um, we, we postponed because of COVID. Yeah. One of the, the greatest things about this program is the kids and the experience that they have with their Nike teams. And we did not want to diminish that in any way, shape or form. And so that was our first decision is that yep. you know, we, we need to make sure that, that these kids get the experience of a lifetime, just like all of the other like 90, 90 plus kids that have gone before them. And so we had selected them and Mm -hmm. of course we kept them on board (laughs) for moving forward. And so, um, Mm -hmm. we will be, we we have selected our kids for this year. Um, and we will be kicking things off hopefully soon, still working through the details, but. So normally once you've selected the kids, it's March or April memory serves me right. Usually the launch of the, of the footwear is in the fall of that same year, right? That is correct. It's the fastest design process at Nike. <laughs> yeah, that's a very that's a very quick timeline. So, how much time do the kids um, really have to work on designs? Is it a um, three week sprint a dash? Is it do they have, you know? Is it a yeah? What's that process look like? They have a few months actually. Um, so they once we kick things off, typically um, in late winter March. They get the first look at the shoe uh, that they get to design. They get the line art that comes mm-hmm. with it so that they get to start uh, mocking up their designs on paper. And then that gets sent over to their Nike teams. And just a month later, it's it, they have about two, maybe three weeks to kind of figure out what they want their designs to look like. And mm-hmm. some of them know exactly what it is. They, they will return one page of line art with <laughs> exactly what they want. And some of them yeah. will return 10. <laughs> Yeah, And so it's, uh, it's then on the Nike team to take their drawings and really make them come to life. Um, and so they, the kids get to meet their Nike design teams in April. Yep. And typically this would happen at, uh, on Nike's campus. They come to the materials library where there's thousands of samples of materials for them. And they meet with their team. And at that point, their team has mocked up some ideas for them to, to kind of sort through and, and choose from. So they make some selections at that meeting and finalize some things. And then um, about two months later, they'll come back together in June and they'll do their photo shoot where they get to see their actual nice. shoe for the very first time. So the, the first sample is ready in June for them to look at. Wow. Yes. So super, super fast. And at that, that photo shoot is, is one of the highlights of this program for those that get to attend. That's yeah. I could imagine the, the feeling from everyone in the room. We've 
designed a sneaker that wasn't with Nike. And even I felt just this sense of jubilation for this thing I had, I had crafted. So I can only imagine what it would feel like for them. That's awesome. Uh, so first sample, you know, sometime, I think you said July. And then actually, I guess that from that point, it kind of gets handed off to Nike, I imagine. It does. Yes. Yeah. So after that photo shoot, um, that's the first time they've seen, you know, their, their sneaker. Mm-hmm. And so they do get to make some final changes to it at that okay. point. So they get cool. to see kind of, you know, you feel it, you look at it, you see what mm-hmm. it looks like, you know, in real life yep. and they can make some changes at that point. So they'll do that. They'll work with their design team. They'll meet with them a couple more times if they need to. Okay. These design teams go above and beyond for these kids. They'll bring them back out yeah. to campus. They'll, they'll email with them. They'll send them pictures. They'll do everything they can. They go so far as to, to go out to the factories in Asia and make sure wow. that these shoes are exactly as the kids want them. It's an, it's an incredible experience for them. And that's awesome. so they get to make some changes at that point and then they'll make sure that they like the final product. And uh, typically those are ready come early fall. So yeah. uh, kind of target uh, beginning of October, knowing that we have our annual unveiling and auction late October, yeah. early November. Yeah, I, I I love hearing um, all the background on that because the Dornbecker collection for um, sneakerheads is like something. I, I mean, I've always looked to uh, look forward to it every single year for a variety of reasons, but mostly because I feel like there's so much creativity and just interesting things happening on a single shoe that you will normally never see anywhere else. And it to me only makes sense that it's coming from these kids. And it's you know I, I have six pairs in my collection, but I've wanted many more. They are they are a prize staple for many people. That's why I asked you, Doctor Doctor Brainer, if you had if you had a large majority of them, because I know many sneakerheads would be envious of of your quote unquote rotation. But yeah, that's that's really awesome. So obviously, everything has had to, had to change last year, right? COVID wouldn't allow proximity. You know, just having people coming through through the, through the hospital is difficult. Going to campus, all that stuff is out the window, and you guys kind of put a pause on doing the program from the, from the typical standpoint, what did it look like last year? And then what, what's happening next? You know, I know we're doing this virtually. Um, so let's, let's dive in a little bit about, about that. Yeah. So typically we, we bring together, you know, six to 700 people each fall, um, at a venue here in Portland. And we have the six kids unveil their collections, uh, to that, that group for the first time we have media there. So it, it does go out to the public as well. Um, our guests get to meet the kids. They get to talk to them about their designs and hear their stories. And then we un- unveil and have an auction um, where the uh, collections are bid on. They go upwards of fifty to sixty thousand dollars. It's it's an incredible experience. You know, Dr. Brainer has has been there every year, and the energy in that room is just incredible. The emotion in that room is just incredible. So we wanted to make sure that we didn't lose that. And, you know, obviously really focusing and prioritizing the health and safety of our kids first, the, all the partners that work on this program, the foundation staff, our communications teams, the Nike teams, we wanted to make sure that everybody was safe. And so we made the call in March to postpone the program and we had hoped to pick it up, um, this spring, actually right around this time, had hoped to just kind of pick up the traditional freestyle program and have that event this year. But within the, the couple of months following the announcement of, of our postponement, we knew that wasn't going to happen. And so we pivoted and um, we said, all right, we're going to just stop and take a pause 
we are going to postpone this program indefinitely at this point. We'll let you know when we'll come back and have a traditional freestyle program. But in the meantime, our Nike partners did it again. They put their thinking hats on. You know, this partnership is all about innovation. And this was innovation in a brand new way for us. And so they created an opportunity for us to celebrate the history of this program. And they developed this amazing sneaker that does just that, celebrates, you know, 14 of our kids and really brings all of the amazing elements um, of the design process together on this one sneaker. And so we decided that we wanted to take that and share it with the world. You know, we have an experience here to have a virtual audience and we have, have seen just incredible engagement with this event. We knew that we had the potential to reach a much farther audience outside of our region. We never knew it would go this far. We have people registered for this event from India, from Japan, from Austria, a lot of folks joining from Canada, from the UK, of course, all over the United States, from Mexico. So over 1,200 people are signed up to join us on February 25th. And we'll be doing a virtual launch of this incredible sneaker. We'll be talking about the history of the freestyle program. We'll be diving into the mission of OHSU Dornbecker and really just giving people the opportunity to find out about our program that have never had the chance to before. You know, we, we love that we host an event here in Portland in person, but this gets us so far beyond that. And so we're, we're just so thrilled. We're so excited to share our story, our mission. We're so excited to celebrate these kids in this program with over 1200 people. Yeah, no, I, I I'm selfishly excited for it to be virtual. Um, I've never attended one. I love Portland, Oregon with all my heart and visit all the time, but I've never, I've never been to the actual event. Um, maybe in the future, uh, I'll make sure to Please. change that. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, just, just for everyone who, who's listening, the, this year's event is called Virtually Freestyle. Um, it's happening Thursday, February 25th. Correct me if I'm wrong. And it's at what time? 6 p.m. 6 p.m. So if you're listening and you haven't registered yet, it's free. Obviously, if you if you can make a donation, make a donation, but the event is completely free to attend. And, and I mean, we highly recommend it. It's going to be your your chance to kind of go behind the scenes of something that you would only be able to see if you were in Portland. And I think it'll be a very special experience. I haven't seen the sneaker yet as much as I have tried to convince you guys to let me know or peek or something. You've been tight lipped. Um, Nike, if you're listening, come on, send, send your guy a pair so he knows what's going on. But I'm super excited to share the sneaker. Um, it would it would obviously be great if if it was designed by the kids. But I I am um, very curious to see what kind of history Nike pulls into this. Um, with as you said, 14 previous designs or, or kids that have participated in it. I think that makes for an opportunity for a very special sneaker. And I hope there's many 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 pairs of them because obviously the more that we can sell and the more that people can buy um the more money that goes back to uh, to the freestyle program which is ultimately the most important thing i'm going to i'm going to get my hands on this thing some way or another hopefully not through a reseller because <laughs> i need the money to go to you guys not stockx but i won't go there we're not going to take this on a tangent we're going to stay focused on the importance of the program so yeah the program is about i think uh, it's going to be an hour long if i'm not mistaken right 
That's correct. Hour long. And I should say six o'clock Pacific Standard Time. Yes. Yes. PSD. Yeah. I'm I'm really, really excited for, for the whole experience. I, I can't wait to see what, what you guys unveil and what there is to learn about the program. I, I, I believe the auction is going to take place digitally um, on eBay, if I'm not mistaken. The auction will actually take place on our own auction uh, okay. software platform. Okay. Cool. Yep. So we will have all of the instructions that everyone needs to start bidding on this incredible sneaker. We'll send it out before the show, but we'll also be talking about it during the live stream. So people know exactly what they need to do to bid. Nice, nice, nice. That is really it for me as far as questions, but I would love if you guys have anything else on your minds that if you wanted to share a story or just add anything to the conversation, um, we would love to, to have you do that. You know, over the years, we've met some unbelievable kids. Um, and one of the great things about freestyle is that, you know, when you kind of wear those shoes, um, which I do on the daily, it brings back those stories quite well. And, you know, I, I remember one of my favorite stories, a, a kid named Chad Berg from about Cassidy 15 years ago. That sounds about right. <laughs> yeah, it was fairly early in the program. Uh, but anyway, Chad, uh, Chad was out kayaking on a, on a frozen, on a freezing cold river with his dad and uh, had a mishap and ended up uh, getting out of the kayak. And interestingly enough, uh, freezing to death. By the time he arrived at the hospital, he had no heartbeat of any kind and his body temperature was about 20 degrees below normal. One of my partners had uh, had a, a deep, deep knowledge of, of drowning and, and those kind of injuries. And it turns out that there was a story uh, in the literature about eight or 10 climbers in, in I think, Austria who um, suffocated, but before they suffocated, they froze. And they were able to be resuscitated, brought back from that event. And my partner, knowing about this history, said, yeah, you know, let's, uh, let's give that a shot. And using just uh, unbelievable technology, we were literally able to do that with Chad uh, and bring him back. And not only bring him back, but he subsequently uh, went to college, I think graduated now, and is just an, an amazing, amazing. Uh, person. And every time I put on those sneakers, I, I think about that story and sort of that journey. And, yeah. you know, it, the same goes for almost every pair. The only other anecdote uh, yeah. I'll share is being in a position of, of some responsibility. Uh, I occasionally have to wear a tie and a jacket <laughs> and uh, I literally always pair them with my freestyle shoes that are uh, the black uh, Stefan Janowski platform uh, with, yeah. with Batman that comes out under ultraviolet light. I was told those, so, are, your, those are your dress shoes. Those are literally my dress shoes. <laughs> and again, you know, you can't, I, I remember those shoes when they were at the auction and um, just an amazing experience. So I do hope your listeners get a chance to, to jump in and join us on the 25th. It's going to be a wonderful night. Yeah. I, I, I love that story. And I think, I think that's super important. It's, it's something we're actually doing for the program is um, we asked our community um, and we said, what does Dornbecker mean to you? And we got some just amazing things come back. So I look forward to you guys seeing and reading some of these stories. Um, you have your side of it. Uh, it'll be interesting for you to see what it is meant for people on the other side of the spectrum who, you know, there's that, there's that potential disconnect to, to see that story 
kind of go full circle. And there's one that we're going to publish that I, I, I'm not going to read through because I think it, it's best served if, if he gets to tell his story, but um, it makes an impact in everyone's lives. And I think it's amazing. And I'm super, I'm super glad that Nike does this and that you guys get to do it with them. And I kind of hope you do it virtually every year <laughs> um, uh, just for my own selfish reasons, although I'd love to come to Portland. Um, but yeah, before, before we end off, um, Cassie, did you want to just kind of outline where people can get more information, um, how to register and, and kind of what that process looks like? Yes. All event details can be found at virtuallyfreestyle.org. You can jump on there to find out more about OHSU Dornbecker Children's Hospital. You can find out more about the Dornbecker Freestyle Program. And best of all, you can register to join us on February 25th. Um, through that, you will get a link to the live stream program. You'll get information on how to sign up as a bidder. And uh, you'll have everything you need to make sure that you can fully engage and participate in our live stream broadcast on February 25th at 6 p.m. Awesome. Pacific Standard Time. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> all for the ESD folks who aren't used to PSD. Thank you. Thank you both for hopping on. I'm incredibly excited um, for the program. I'm, I'm incredibly proud to be involved in it. Uh, it was a no-brainer for me when I saw the opportunity pop up in this virtual event for us as a company to support it. We've been supporting the Canucks, Canuck Place Children's Hospice here in Vancouver. So it's great to move down the coast and um, support another great cause. Thanks again for hopping on. And it was great to chat with both of you. Dan, we're so grateful to you and Soul Savvy for your partnership this year. And we look forward to really bringing you into our freestyle family. Thanks for this opportunity. Exactly what she said, Dion. Thanks so much. Yeah. Just the start, in, in my opinion, the sneaker community needs to rally more around this program. And, and I'm happy to be a part of it and kind of spearhead that on our end. Thanks so much. Thanks.